Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. I want to draw your attention to verse number nine, the last three words of this verse. And it says, love one another. Would you say that with me on three? One, two, three. Love one another. Say it again, please. Love one another. I would like to label my sermon title, my thoughts today with those three words, love one another. If you walk away with anything today, I want you to walk away with the very words of God in verse number nine that says, love one another. You know, I found it interesting that some of the top 10 vacation spots in the world are are as follows. Number one is Paris. Some of y'all might have been to Paris. It's number one on the list. Number two is New York City. Sounds like a good time, right? To go marching in through all that traffic. I've been to New York City, driving through there at five o'clock traffic with my little old Chevy Cobalt in the six shift. And man, I did not have a fun time. Uh, This number three on the list is Hawaii. What a beautiful place that is. Number four is Rome. The next one is Cancun, Mexico. The next one is Orlando. I'm sure some of y'all might have been to some of these cities before. London is on the list. Miami, Florida is on the list. Las Vegas, Nevada. San Francisco, California. And here's one. I thought this was interesting. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. (laughs) I thought it was kind of humorous myself. Los Angeles, California is also on the list. Branson, Missouri, and Puerto Rico. You know, when I was a kid, growing up as a teenager, none of these cities really interested me. The one that interested me the most was Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I wanted to go to Love Park. And it's not because I was bitten by the love bug. But it was because at Love Park, it was a gigantic skateboarding dream. As most of you know, I grew up skateboarding, and me and my buddies, we would take our cameras, and we would film ourselves doing all sorts of stuff on these skateboards, and we decided we were going to plan a trip. We were going to go to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We were going to go to Love Park, and we were going to have a time of our life filming ourselves skateboarding at this park in the middle of Philadelphia. Well, uh, uh, sometime back, they actually destroyed that park, so my dreams of all that has come to an end, so I won't be going there, but apparently they're going to rebuild it. But I say that to say this, that you go to Philadelphia, and we know that as the city of brotherly love. Wonder where we get that word from, that phrase, the city of brotherly love. Well, I'm glad you asked, because in this passage, we're going to find out that these words here, is one of the words for love, is the word that we get, the city of brotherly love, found in verse number 9. But I share all that to simply say this, that no matter what city you go to in our world today, we are called to love one another. And I want to share a key statement with you that's going to summarize the content of my sermon and the content of this passage. Loving God means loving each other. Loving God means loving each other. If you say that you love God and you don't have a love for your neighbor, then you do not love God. If you say, I love God and I do not love my fellow brother or sister sitting across the aisle, then you truly do not love God. 
By the way, we're studying the book of 1 Thessalonians, and I believe this book, the theme of this book, is preparing for Christ's return. And so as we are preparing for Christ's return, if you're not preparing, then you need to get to preparing because the Bible teaches that He could come at any moment and any time. The imminent return of Christ. He's coming back, and He's coming for you, and He's coming for me, and no matter whether Hollywood wants to accept it or not, Jesus is coming, and He's coming back to the Mount of Olives, I've stood there in around the place where Jesus is coming. He's going to plant his foot there. The mountain's going to split and he's going to establish his earthly reign for a thousand years of peace. And just for the record, this world will not see world peace until Jesus ushers the world peace during the millennial reign. I believe we should be peacemakers. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But our world is crying for peace. And the only way they can find that peace is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you're here today and you don't know Christ, then you will never receive the peace that passes all understanding. The Bible says being justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Jesus, God Almighty, demonstrated the greatest love our world has ever seen. The Bible says, but God commended or he demonstrated or he made his love known to us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While I was consumed with lying, as I was consumed with sin, and that we could go down through the list of sin, it doesn't matter which one we've broken on God's commandment. As soon as we've sinned, we've instantly separated from God. And we need the Savior of love. The Bible says, greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ laid down his life for you and for me and for the entire world. The Bible says he was the propitiation not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So the love of God drove Jesus Christ to the cross of Calvary so we could gain eternity, heaven. And after that, we are called here throughout this epistle, throughout the New Testament, to anticipate and await and be ready for the second coming of Christ. And the way to do that is by loving each other, loving one another. Today I want to ask and answer this simple question. How can we love one another in 2018? You ever think about that? This world is ever-changing, but I'm thankful the Word of God never changes. Even though societies may swift and swing to this position and that position, the Word of God remains the same all the way from the beginning of creation when God spoke the world into existence all the way to the final amen in Revelation 22. I want to share with you three ways that we can love one another. And before I dive into here, I want you to know this, that before our body of believers here, or before the Roanoke area, or before the state of Virginia, or before the United States of America, or before the world could ever see revival, it begins simply by believers loving other believers. Modern Christianity has risen up with so much discord, so much division, and so much hatred and strife and contention that we have forgotten to do the one thing that God has called us to do. He said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And here we find the reminder of the Apostle Paul to these believers in Thessalonica about this truth. So I'm going to share with you from verse number 9, the first thought, first of three thoughts. Love one another with charity. And then as I read verse 10, I wrote down secondly, love one another consistently. And then as I read verses 11 and 12, I wrote down thirdly and finally, love one another candidly. 
Will you come with me as we look at verse number nine? But before we dive into these verses, I want to bring you up to speed just in case you may not remember what's going on in this book of the Bible. The Apostle Paul is on a second missionary journey in Acts chapter 17. They go to Thessalonica. They start a church after preaching in a synagogue. Jason gets saved and some others get saved. And there they're in Jason's home and there they are having a Holy Ghost heyday uh, and meeting with God in that house and then the 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 people of the town who didn't like what was going on they come and they assaulted jason's house and they sent paul and silas away to berea by night and there they are persecuted for the faith about 30 days paul and silas were there and there they planted this church and while they were there they taught these people about the gospel about jesus how he died and how he rose from the grave they taught them about how it's their responsibility as children of God to love each other. And then they taught about the second coming. And they had questions about the second coming. And that's why the Apostle Paul is writing this book of the Bible. And in the midst of all this, he writes these few verses to remind them that we are called to love each other. Now with that in mind, let's look at verse number 9. It says, but as touching brotherly love. Now this word love right here. I don't normally do this, but just because of the sermon, I think it is very good to talk about it. But this word love, the first love reference here in verse number nine, comes from the Greek word phileo. You think you could say that with me? Phileo. Say it again. Phileo. You didn't know you were going to learn Greek today at church, did you? Well, as the old country preacher said, it's all Greek to me. But this word phileo, this Greek word, this word for love, it literally means brotherly love. And you know, you really don't even have to go down into the original text to understand this verse because the translators here, they say, but as touching brotherly love, they connected those two words together because this word means brotherly love. But then it goes on to say, ye need not that I write unto you, for you yourselves or ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Now this word love is a little different. This word love means agape. And this word literally means a love in a social or moral sense. So we are called to love our brothers and sisters in the manner that God loves us. Here, it talks about this word agape. We get this kind of term charity charitable love and throughout the King James if you happen to be using the King James today you can go to some passages like first first Corinthians chapter 13 and and in that chapter it talks about charity charity is a awesome way to say love and and so as I come to verse number nine I wrote down this thought thought number one the first way we can love one another is this love one another with charity as we combine the brotherly love with the moral love and social love we are merging it together by this thought, love one another with charity. Now, I'm sure many of you have gotten out your wallets or gotten out your debit cards or gotten out your credit cards or got out your checkbook and you have donated to charitable causes. Sure you have. Some of you might have donated to the Red Cross. Some of you might have donated to the Rescue Mission Salvation Army. And some of you might have donated to some of the causes we have here. And may God bless you richly for that. But this word, charity, comes from the idea of giving. Now I'm not speaking about giving money today. What I'm speaking of is giving love towards others. If you had a decision to make whether you to give somebody a million dollars or give them love, I submit to you you're better off to give them love than to give them all the money this world has to offer. 
Love one another with charity. That's what we need in modern Christianity. We need Christians of all ages and stages loving each other instead of hating one another. The world is consumed with hatred, but now the body of Christ has all the hatred in the world as well. Verse number 9 reminds us about loving each other with charity. But now I want to share with you verse number 10. This verse goes on. And as I read verse number 10, I wrote down second, the second way we can love one another. Love one another consistently. Love one another consistently. Look at this verse. It says, And indeed ye do it to all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. Macedonia, if you're not familiar where this area is in, the, in that region of the world... If you just think about Greece and think about northern Greece, that's where Macedonia is. And that's where Thessalonica and some of these other epistles and churches were that Paul was writing to and visiting and ministering to. So think about that, that, that region of the world. All of northern Greece, they said that their love was abounding there. And it says, but we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. So he's admonishing them, saying, hey, love even more and more than what you're doing. So I wrote down, love one another consistently. Now, as many of you know, recently... Uh, the late Reverend Billy Graham passed away. And, you know, I, I share with this over the weekend, but I, I just feel inclined to share this with you before about him. There's some things that, that you may not be too familiar with about his life, but all, of course, we have all heard of Billy Graham. How many of you have ever heard of Billy Graham? <laughs> if you don't raise your hand, you're probably crazy or lost your mind. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. How many of you ever heard of Edward Kimball? Would you raise your hand? Edward Kimball. Maybe a handful of you. Well, that's great. Edward Kimball was just an average old Christian. He was teaching Sunday school one day, and in the church he was teaching in, a guy by the name of Dwight came to Sunday school. And Dwight walked in, and he began to thirst after the things of God. And, and Mr. Kimball, in his Sunday school class, led, which would become one of America's greatest evangelists, D.L. Moody, to the Lord. And then D.L. Moody was out evangelizing throughout all the regions of the world. And, and Wilbur Chapman was influenced by his ministry, another man that was used of God. Then, here's a guy you might know of, Billy Sunday was influenced by Chapman. And then Mordecai Ham was influenced by Billy Sunday in one of his tent meetings. Mordecai Ham was an evangelist. Some of you might have heard him before or heard of, of him. And he was doing a meeting back in the 1930s. And he's going to do it in Charlotte, North Carolina. And some businessman went over to a farm that Mr. Graham owned. The Graham family owned this farm in Charlotte area. And there they were praying and they prayed in that prayer meeting before leading up to the revival meetings in these tent meetings that God would raise up a man who would preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. And lo and behold, Billy went to that tent meeting and accepted Christ as Savior. And, you know, you can say what you want to about Billy Graham, but I've studied his life, I've listened to his sermons, and he preached the gospel to so many different people, to 200 million people all around the world, and he preached a salvation by grace through faith and that Jesus is the only way to heaven. But, you know, if Mr. Kimball wasn't a faithful servant of God in a Sunday school class, it is very likely that 200 million people would have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. I say all that to, to lead into this. 
that Billy Graham was preaching a meeting. And it was during the, the days back in the 40s and the 50s when segregation was just an extreme high level. And where they had the white section and they had the black section. And Billy Graham spoke to the head usher. And he said, I want you to go and take the sign down for the white section and for the black section. And the head usher gave Billy Graham such a hard time about it, he resigned and left the meeting. And so Billy Graham marched over, took down the signs himself in those meetings. I say that to say this, that here in our passage, the Bible speaks about how these people in Thessalonica were loving we're showing the love of God throughout their entire region in Macedonia. Not just in their church, in Jason's house, not just in their city, but in the entire region. And I submit to you today, church, Clearbrook Baptist, my fellow brothers and sisters, we are called not to just show love here towards one another, but to everybody in the Roanoke area, everybody in our state, everybody in our country and our world. God is calling us to love each other consistently. You see, biblical Christianity is not a white man's religion. It's not a black man's religion. It's not just a religion for North Americans or South Americans or Central Americans or Asians, Europeans, Australians or, or Africans. It's a religion that is the only way to God. And we all can benefit from the mercy and grace of God that the Bible reveals. So let's, start, let's stop harboring it in for only ourselves and share the love of God for everybody. It's not about the race of man. It's about the grace of the God-man. Love one another consistently. Don't just love people when they love you. The Bible says the Pharisees do that, and what reward do they have? Love people when people don't love you. Because that's what God has done for us. There's times in my life where I don't show God the love that I need to show Him. And I know that, 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 that you're here today and you might think you're all that in a bag of chips and Mr. and Mrs. Goody Two-Shoe. But listen, we are all sinners. And we have all been at the spot where we need to love God more. And when we don't love God consistently, God consistently loves us. And I'm thankful for that. Now let's share that with others. Now I want to share with you this one last thought from verses 11 and 12. It says that ye study to be quiet and do your own business and to work with your own hands as we command you, that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without and that ye may have lack of nothing. As I read these two verses, I wrote down the third and final thought for today. The third way we can love one another is this. Love one another candidly. Love one another candidly. Candidly might be a new word for you, but it simply is a synonym for honestly found here in our passage in verse number 12. The Bible refers here as study. Now, I don't know if you've ever been uh, studying uh, to a certain extent, whether you've been to college or whether you've been to grad school or whether you've been to high school, whatever education you have, or if you like to read and study for your Sunday school or whatever you're teaching, it takes work. And here this word study, it gives the idea of laboring. And whenever you're studying... It's a mental labor that you have to dig in and you have to study. And God has called us all to study. He said, study to show thyself to, uh, approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But it goes on to say that you study to be quiet. He says, when you're out laboring and studying, do it in a way that's not drawing attention to yourself. Have you ever noticed humble people who boast about their humbleness are not humble at all? They are prideful. 
And here, when we, it gives the same idea here that when we are studying, we are to be studying and laboring and working for God in a means that's not drawing attention to ourselves, but we are reflecting that to the cross and back to Jesus. It goes on to say that you do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. They say, they, they're saying, hey, live an honest life. And he says here in verse number 12 that you may walk honestly toward them that are without. Why should we live an honest lifestyle? Well, because the world is watching us. You know, the world may not read the Bible, but they'll read every Christian they are encountering in their lives. So you might be the only Bible they read. So live an honest lifestyle. I like what, what uh, one of the guys in my Bible college used to say. He said, honesty is not the best policy. Honesty is the only policy. And for the child of God, honesty is the greatest attribute we could have as a Christian. So let's love one another candidly with honesty. Let's not say we love each other with our words and deny them with our actions. We're so guilty of that, aren't we? Sometimes you got Sister Susie and Brother Freddie and Dr. Sally over here up against Brother Pharisee, Sister Wigglejaw, and Brother Know-it-all. You got these two crowds, they're going at it at each other. And they can't find a, a place to agree. And sometimes that's the way it is in churches. And then this group will, will say, oh, you're such a good brother. And in fact, as soon as they turn around, they say, man, I just hate their guts. <laughs> you say, well, that's crazy talk. Well, no, actually, it's true talk because it happens every single week in Baptist churches all over America. And it's time that we stop doing that. And we're all guilty of it. So today I'm not casting stones. I'm preaching to not just you, but to myself. It's time that we lay aside every ounce of hatred and put on the love of God and share that love to others. Revival will not happen here or anywhere else until that takes place. I want to show you a passage of Scripture. This is a revolutionary passage. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn over to 1 John, and we're going to read this passage, and then we're going to be done. 1 John. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. If you got your Bibles, I want, I want you to see this, or if you got your phones or whatever you're using, I want you to turn there, 1 John chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 7. We're going to read a few verses here in this passage. 1 John chapter 4. If you're having trouble finding it, 1 John is right before 2 John. That might help you in the future. 1 John chapter 4, beginning with verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another. There's that same phrase that we found in 1 Thessalonians, love one another. He said, they were already taught in Thessalonica to love one another. And here in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And if everyone that loves is born of God and knows God, he that loves not knows not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That word propitiation means a substitute. He took our place on the cross and he paid there and he took justice and due the wrath and judgment of God so we wouldn't have to experience it. He goes on to say, beloved in verse 11, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. There's that phrase again, love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. 
Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Now check out this verse. I love this verse. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Here's a verse we taught our young people to memorize years ago. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God love his brother also. The message today is very simple. It's three words. Love one another. Let's pray. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith, 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.